Holly G with the Golf Insiders. We're going live to the Media Center up at Augusta National, and it's a great pleasure to have on the show today senior writer from Golf Week and author of Dean Beeman Golf's Driving Force, the inside story of the man who transformed professional golf into a billion-dollar business. And for those of my listeners who may not remember Dean Beeman, uh, he was uh, the former commissioner of the PGA Tour, which uh, really brought uh, the tour into uh, big Big, the big leagues in sports. Adam Shupak, welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, I actually learned something new about Dean Beeman today that I that I didn't know, which is, you know, kind of rare. When he finished second, I'm sorry, he was the second winner of the Par Three contest in 1961. I did not know that. Wow. What was his score? His score was 22. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well. Um, you know, we're missing the par three today, aren't we, Adam? Yeah, that was that's sad. I'm not quite sure why they had to do that. I think they could have still televised that. It wouldn't have been quite the same without having, you know, the patrons kids. packed in. Yeah, the patrons packed in, but also maybe the kids caddying. And, and, and I think that's such a fun part of it for the players is having, you know, uh, a Their wife or, or, yeah, the kids out there, you know, who can forget uh, the jack's grandson having the ace at the last hole um you know there's there's a lot of cool sto things happen during that but um yeah I, I don't know why they couldn't have done that it would have been would have been nice i mean they still had the champions dinner and some of the other festivities but uh yeah it's it's uh it's just uh, you know to be honest though i mean first world problems it's just i'm just grateful that we're that we're having a masters of any sort right yes and i think tiger woods is too he's had to wait 19 months to defend his title, uh, you know, fill my listeners in on, um, you know, Tiger and where you think his game is at and what, he, wh how he's feeling uh, this week. Well, he got a little emotional, pretty much tearing up yesterday in the media center, talking about what the victory last year meant to him. And, uh, but, you know, I just haven't seen a lot from him that, that makes me think he's going to, going to be a real factor this week but you know he's a guy who knows this place as well as anybody and it, we've seen him show up and, and play usually pretty darn well so this is a course he can get away with a little bit more uh wildness off the tee and, and he's such a great iron player and, and tr traditionally you know we think of uh Augusta National as a second shot golf course so it's always you know kind of in his wheelhouse his putting has just really been poor for, for a, a long stretch and so you know he's gonna he's he I don't know what he did the last the last week or so uh, he, he did not play Houston uh, but I, I hope he figured something out because um, you know he's just been a non-factor most of the season when he's when he's played if he, you know he hasn't played very much and you know missed the cut at, at the US Open in September so um, you know I, I'm not making any wagers on him this week let's put it that way well it seems like a long, long time since April 2019, but on that Sunday, uh, as he stood on the green on number 11 and watched and listened to the crowd as those uh, balls went into Ray's Creek on number 12, it was like Tiger suddenly opened his poker hand and there were four aces. <laughs> I think he uh, 
you know, knew that um, a little pixie dust, <laughs> Augustus pixie dust had just uh, fallen on his head. We know that, you know, Tiger certainly knows how to have the patience and work through the elements. And it uh, looks like there's going to be some weather the next few days. What's, what's the scoop on the forecast? Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna need a, a my rain suit uh, and an umbrella maybe uh, tomorrow because there's there's definitely rain Thursday, Friday, maybe probably Saturday as well. Uh, it's gonna be wow. uh, it's gonna be a big factor in this tournament and the course already you figure it was already kind of soft and gonna play long and I think it's gonna be play especially long now with all with all the weather and and uh, you know mud balls are gonna be become a factor. Um, you know, they've talked a lot about that if the course plays soft and it's wet, that, you know, that brings a lot more guys, you know, into, uh, you know, into play, if you will. Some of the shorter hitters, you know, what's your feeling on that? I mean, you know, we're talking the likes of, say, you know, a Zach Johnson, you know, a past Masters champion. Uh, But I, I, I just... We saw Bryson overpower a golf course like Wingfoot. Seems like length at the end of the day will uh, be, I think, the the key if the weather is uh, nasty. Yeah, I, I think I think there is a possibility for somebody. The, the the short hitter that jumps to mind for me is Webb Simpson. If he could wedge it real well, he's such a good. Uh, with the long irons and hybrids and, and has, you know, shown that he can, he, you know, he's, you know, one of those guys that's uh, still you know top 10 player in the world and, and has won some big tournaments before that. Uh, I, I think if it becomes the type of situation where guys are having trouble getting home in two, that like it was when Zach Johnson won, um, that could work in his favor. But I, I think it's more likely that uh, it, it's going to be a, a tough, tough, Tough for slug. a guy like uh, tough slugging, tough slugging, sledding for uh, uh, Kevin Kisner and, and you know some of the shorter guys to you know to take advantage of the par fives and that the Matthew Wolves and Cameron Champs are gonna are gonna have uh, embrace DeChambeau uh, of the world. Those guys are gonna still be able to you know take advantage and, and get get home in two with you know I don't even think they're gonna be hitting five iron to get to get home in two. Well, I don't think we can call him the mad scientist anymore. We have to bow down a little bit now to Bryson and call him the major scientist <laughs> after uh, winning the U.S. Open. But he's out there still tweaking away, and what's the scoop? Is he is he going with a longer driver? What's the word? Yeah, you know, the last I heard, he really hadn't uh, made a, a total decision, but I think he's going to – I don't think he's going to do the 48-incher – uh, 48 inch shaft, which is the right up against the, the rules, of, the limit to the, in the rules of golf. I think I think he's going to save that for another another time, maybe April at Augusta. But I think he's going to I think he's going to be just fine using what's worked really well for him. And uh, you know maybe he can gain some more distance with that longer driver. But I don't think it's quite ready yet. And uh, he was still testing it out yesterday. Went out with three clubs late in the afternoon. Not quite sure what he settled on, but I did see a, a couple tweet a tweet from uh, Nick Faldo saying that he thought it w- he wasn't going to use that one. So that I'm I'm relying on Nick there as I didn't get a chance to to uh, converse with Bryson today. 
Well, I'm trying to imagine him stepping up on number one tee and driving that green. And yesterday, what did he say? I'm 13, driver eight iron? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This I, is I like... Mean, I... I don't see, you know, Jack Nicholas was saying how some, some he, he's going to drive one, and, and Faldo said he'll he'll run around, he'll jump out of his uh, booth at 18 and run around naked if he doesn't. I mean, that's 455 <laughs> uphill, and but you know, I think Bryson said he thinks he can hit it to about 60 yards. It's still what an advantage when a lot of guys are going into that that hole with uh, you know four or five iron. Um, it's just he he's taking some angles and, and target lines that that uh, no, never been dreamed up before. And, you know, even Justin Thomas was saying, you know, I'd love to be hitting it from where he is because he's been able to combine not only the, the distance gain, but he hasn't lost much in, the, in, in accuracy. And that that's uh, that's the holy grail right there. <laughs> well, um, there were some guys out there having some fun yesterday. John Rahm hitting that crazy hole-in-one, skipping it over the pond at uh, 16. Uh, for a hole-in-one on his birthday. How good is that? That's pretty awesome. That was, yeah. I mean, just to skip it across onto the green is, is pretty impressive, but then the hole-in-one is just, and, and being his birthday, uh, what, a, what a start to his week. And I think he's going to be a, a serious factor come Sunday. I'm going to go out and watch him and DeChambeau play tomorrow morning. They're off at 733. And, you know, John Rahm's gotten to world number two, had that great putt to win the BMW championship not too long ago. And, uh, you know, I think the majors is the next thing for him. He's shown he's capable and, and I think the maturity's coming along and he's got that fire and inside and, and, you know, sometimes that temper gets in his way, but sometimes, you know, he makes a bogey and then he gets, he's so angry about it. He goes out and makes four birdies in a row. And I think Augusta is the type of course that we're going to learn a lot about where he is in, in, in his development. And, you know, he talked yesterday about being part of that Spanish tradition at, at Augusta with Ali, and Sergio, and of course, Seve. And it's 40 years. He knew that it was 40, it'd been 40 years ago that Seve won his first uh, master's green jacket. And, and he was thinking that would be kind of cool to, uh, to do it, to do the same. I just got some goosebumps on that one. Uh, shades of, uh, you know, Sergio's win a few years ago. And I, I saw Ali um, working with John Rahm, yeah. uh, working on his short game. That's fun. That was cool to see. I think that's uh, one of better, the things. better to learn from? Yeah, like, you know, what's so fun about this tournament, right, is that uh, all the champions get to come back, and you get to see some of the younger players. You know, you are mentioning Justin Thomas. He spent a lot of time with Tiger, you know, picking his brain. And, you, you know, you see these players really um, seeking the advice, right, of uh, of the industry uh, veterans out there. It's fun. Oh, definitely. And and these young guys, they're they're really fearless now. Uh, you know, Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, they're, they're trying to break a streak too. It's, you know, Fuzzy Zeller, the last rookie to win – the Masters that was 1979, and Tom Morikawa already has a major championship on his mantle this year. I mean, won the PGA Championship, and um, when has when has someone come to the Masters already with the major, having never played the, the Masters and, and ranked number four in the world? I mean, he's four in the world, and, and this is going to be his first go round, and, and he's he made it sound like uh, like that this is a great opportunity, and that the fact that they're 
there aren't any fans there he thinks I think might make it a little easier and just seeing the sight lines without the spectator, the, the patrons, I should say, um, you know, and, and, and no, none of the uh, grandstands will, will be an, an advantage to him. And, and uh, I, I think, you know, his game could fit very well. And, and Matthew Wolf has only played two majors and he finished fourth at the, uh, at the P- tie for fourth at the PGA Championship, and then runner up, and you know, fifty-four hole leader shoots sixty-five at at, at wing foot, hitting only two fairways. So, um, I think it's going to be really fun to watch some of these young guys. There are so many storylines that you know always seems this way when we come into the majors, and you know, particularly with uh, the Masters being in November. I'm you know still trying to get my brain around that. What is autumn like at Augusta, Adam? Share with my listeners. What 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 are the colors? What are the smells? The color, you know, the, there wasn't as much fall foliage as I thought there was going to be. It's, it's it's you know that cathedral pines and a lot of green. Um, the, the, I thought the the grass, the Bermuda grass, a little uh, thicker than usual, maybe more of a first cut than in the past, and. Uh, really it's so different seeing it without the grandstands and, and they, they just painted a kind of spray painted a, a, a green line um, of where you, where those rope lines would be because there's no ropes up. And so you kind of know where you can and can't go and you can go. It was pretty amazing how close I was able to stand to uh, the 12th tee at Amen corner and just, you know, usually you're fighting, you know, to be able to see anything, you know, and, and so it's just really refreshing to, to get so close to the players, to hear so much. It, it was ear, it's eerily silent. It's, it's, mm. That's the strangest thing. I, I was down at Amen Corner, and I, I heard the whistle of a train going by. And I was like, I've never heard that before. It's just, it's just very quiet out there. Um, I mean, I've been to a, a several tournaments now without fans, but this, this is where it really hits home, I think. How has that impacted the players? I mean, Clearly, at a place like Augusta, it's known for its roars. I was watching something last night um, on Golf Channel, and they were replaying Tiger's shot, you know, on 16 in 2005. And Jim Nance said he heard the roars all the way to the 18th tower. You know, he felt it shaking. I mean, this is what Augusta's known for. Um, you know, just... just uh, I thought maybe, maybe Augusta National, the committee would pipe in some some <laughs> fans, patrons, excuse me. But, um, you know, it's going to be different. It, it really is. And I, I think it is a bit of an advantage to that Matthew Wolf or a, a Colin Morikawa who are used to playing, you know, college tournaments in front of a handful of, of you know, fans, if any. Um, they're kind of more used to that, and I think that may have had some, something to do with some of their success in the majors. Uh, I think for, for Rory has already said that, you know, for him, he feeds off the fans, and he's really missed that, and, and that may have something to do with some of his struggles uh, since the resumption of play in June. You know, I think that guys are going to have to look at the scoreboard a little more, and there aren't that many of them up there. True. Because, uh, yeah, I, I remember last year uh, – you know, I was I was kind of on the Rory beat on, the, on Sunday. He was finishing early, and so um, I happened to be waiting for him right right as Tiger was getting to twelve. And I could hear I, I could hear I knew something big happened when those ball when Molinari hit the ball and, and Finau hit the balls in the water at twelve. I knew I knew it. 
I, I didn't know exactly what happened, but I knew something big happened there. Right. Because because you could hear all the way back up to the you know to the clubhouse. Well, we we know Brooks won't be making that mistake this year. Uh, he was right there in the mix. Uh, what what was your feeling about Brooks when he was in the press room yesterday? You know, he's he's the mystery man to me in this because he's it's just hard to get a real reading on whether whether he's healthy or not. Uh, and I think I, it was good to see him shoot a couple, you know, final round sixty five in Houston and, and get a you know little taste of playing well. I think that that could only help him, but. Um, you know, Augusta's a tough walk, and we're going to find out. I mean, if if, uh, if his knee's good to go, I think he it felt like he came back relatively quickly. He's been working hard on it. He claims he's as his knee is as good as it's been as when he won any of his four majors. So uh, I take him at his word for now that he's in good shape. But you know, he was limping around pretty badly at uh, the PGA, and then needed time off. Um, you know, skipped the the FedEx cup and, and, uh, the U S open. So, you know, he's a wild card, I think, because I, I you know, what he's done in the majors is it's unquestionable. And even when he wasn't playing that well, he went to the PGA and, and was right in the, in the thick of it. So I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he does well, but at the same time, he doesn't have a lot of reps. He had that time off and we just don't know how healthy he is at this point. How about a player from across the pond? Who do you have your eye on? Well, can we count Rory as in that category? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I, I think I, I think that that to me is is my favorite story. I'd love to see, you know, either him, Jordan, or or uh, just somebody. You know, I, I guess we did see Tiger in my lifetime, but it's been twenty years since anyone's completed the career Grand Slam. And, and Rory, you know, he it seemed like he he had the. The, the masters and a green jacket in his grasp right at age 21 when he when he had the big lead going into sunday and led at the turn on in 2011 and, and then came home in 43 and, and just you know I, I think that's one of the times i really of all the times i felt bad for a guy that was probably near the top because he just looked like a like a broken young boy out there just the, the pressure and the moment got to him and you know, then he bounced back and wins the very next major at the U.S. Open in a route. And, you know, he's off and running and he's won four of these things, but he hasn't won one since 2014. And, you know, it's the incredible, pressure, isn't it? Doesn't yeah, seem the possible. pressure just keeps growing, I think, each year that he doesn't win at Augusta. And, you know, he's floating under the radar. The fact that we've talked this long without bringing him up. Right. Um, you know, he, every, you know, he kind of said yesterday that he's kind of enjoying seeing, you know, everybody talking about. DeChambeau and in the meantime he he actually drove the ball better at the U.S. Open and farther than than uh, that Bryson did but you know right now and and, and uh, Xander Shoffley said that he looks like he's gained six seven you know his his physique doesn't look different the way Bryson does but he's gained some some club heads speed and, and is hitting the ball farther and and Phil said you know I, it wouldn't surprise him at all if he's in the hunt there on Sunday and said once he wins one, he's going to win a bunch of them. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, 92 players in the field, and it is an invitational. You have to qualify uh, to play at Augusta. A little bit of a change in that um, the, the cut is 50 players, correct, Adam, because yes. of uh, daylight, yes. a little change there. Yes, that's a new thing for this year. They they said it wasn't really related to that, but 
um, I, but it will definitely help because daylight is going to be an issue. Well, uh, now's the time I have to have you throw that dart, try to hit that bullseye who's going to have the green jacket on Sunday, Adam. I'm going with JT, and, and, and just in case JT Poston wins, I got JT Poston and Justin Thomas. Oh! <laughs> Two-for-one special. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I think uh, it could be JT's time. He's, uh, you know, nobody better in terms of, um, you know, iron play. And if, uh, exactly. if, if he gets that putter hot, uh, right. as we saw in that duel with John Rahm, um, it could be a lot of fun for sure. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Have a great week and weekend, my friend. Thanks a lot, Holly.